Welcome to Dietitian Boss. I'm Libby Rothschild, your host and fellow dietitian. I'm a coach to my fellow female colleagues all around the world. I help you get leads and turn prospective clients into paying customers using online marketing and social media strategies that focus on sales. Hello and welcome. I'm here today with Riley Beatty, Los Angeles registered dietitian and sports nutritionist. Riley lives with her two dogs and husband in Los Angeles, California, where she is the full-time performance nutrition coordinator for the UCLA athletic department. Additionally, Riley runs her own private practice business and Instagram account where she specializes in athletes fueling for performance. You can find her on Instagram at reirai.beatty.sports.nutrition where she provides pre-post workout fueling tips and teaches athletes how to fuel properly by modifying their plate based off of easy, moderate, hard training days. Hello and welcome to today's episode. Hi, Libby. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be on today. I'm thrilled to have you. Is there anything I left out from that introduction today you'd like to fill in the listeners with? No, that was great. Thanks for the great introduction. Okay, excellent. So talk to us a little bit. Let's just get right into this. Talk to us about your niche and what you do and you know your relationship with sports. Yeah. So right now, again, you can find me on rei.baby, which is B-E-A-T-T-Y dot sports dot nutrition um, on Instagram. And I focus on, you know, feeling competitive athletes on there. I really focus on my pre and post workout um, nutrition tips. Those are super popular. And then I really passionate about teaching athletes what their plates should look like and making sure that they're utilizing food as fuel. So doing that on Instagram and then super busy in my nine to five. I wouldn't really call it nine to five in sports, but um, my full-time gig working as a performance nutrition coordinator at UCLA, where I split half of the Olympic sports teams with one of my colleagues. What an exciting position. And can you tell us a little bit about how you landed on that position? Yeah. So I have only been in the position for about a couple months. Um, Mm -hmm. I started in the middle of August, and I also got married in August, so it's definitely been a whirlwind of a couple of months. I landed on the position. I I saw a kind of a job posting online. I reached out, did a little bit of networking, um, also did a little bit of communication through social, and, you know made sure that I was ready for that position when it arose. So, yeah. Excellent. And uh, talk about your, a little bit more about your relationship with your niche and your background. How did you come about finding this niche? Tell us a little bit more behind the scenes of Riley as the sports dietitian. And I know you have been, you're a newer dietitian and I love hearing stories about dietitians, you know, under three and five years of practice to see how far they've come in the field already. And like the precedent you're setting, not only for yourself, but for the, your colleagues who, who are looking at you saying, wow, you know, it's incredible how much you've done, um, considering, you know, that you, you are uh, newer to the field. Yeah. And I know we talked about this before when we worked together, but it's just, it's been crazy that I've only already been a dietitian only for a year. And I think this should, you know, motivate individuals out there who want to go into sports nutrition, um, because I've been able to hold already two sports nutrition positions within a year of being a dietitian, which 
I think a lot of people don't believe that they can do. And I also don't believe, or I don't think a lot of people who are currently practicing believe that people can do that. I remember being an undergrad and, you know, being in my master's program, you know, me going to my academic counselor and being like, Hey, I want to be a sports dietitian. Like I want to work in sports and always hearing no and always hearing that I wouldn't be able to do it. And this can definitely kill your confidence, um, especially, you know, being a new dietitian, constantly hearing that you're not good enough or you won't be able to get it done or you won't, you know, you won't be able to meet your dream. So I think that the fact that I'm here is I'm so grateful for, you know, the opportunity. And I also probably wouldn't have been able to do it without you because I know when we started working together, I definitely lacked some confidence and you made it very clear that I was able to, you know, get a position like this and to start a private practice on my own. I appreciate that. And your work is an absolute like testament to the results that you have gotten. I just love already this conversation because I have so many people that that follow me in, in my community. And I know that look up to you and want to be as advanced as you are in the sense of taking your dreams and, you know, defying that you might not think they're possible yet and actually doing them and assuming the position you have and building the audience and the community that you have. So can you tell us a little bit of a backstory, just more about you as far as your relationship with your niche? Let's just take it, peel peel it back just a little bit for those who, who might not be following you or follow you who don't know your past. Like when you say you want, always wanted to be a sports dietitian, walk us through a little bit about that. Did you grow up with sports? Like tell us a little bit more about your relationship and your trajectory and why you decided to really dive into this particular subject matter. Yeah. So I've, I've always loved food. Um, you could definitely call me, you know, a foodie and I grew up in a very like food positive household. And I also grew up playing club soccer or competitive soccer. And I actually did compete at NC State for four years as a collegiate soccer player. The first game of my senior year, I tore my ACL. And if you know anything about women's soccer, it is a very common injury. And it, you know, can take six to nine months or, you know, even pushing on greater than a year to get back. And I had always loved food. But I this during this period of time is when I really started to understand the importance and the role of nutrition in sports. And I remember going through this period of time where I was a senior in college and I had always been, you know, an active member of the team and I had always been contributing to the team um, on the field. But during this injury, I started to understand the importance of nutrition for myself, but then also for my teammates. And I found that it was time for me to take on a different role. So no longer would I be, you know, participating and contributing on the field, but now I'd be contributing off the field. So that's how I kind of got into sports nutrition. And um, after I graduated, I moved out to Los Angeles with my boyfriend, who is now my husband. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, started volunteering, ironically, at UCLA. And (laughs) I know it's like a full circle. Mm -hmm. Um, so I did that and then I, you know, furthered my studies in nutrition and exercise science and I, I am dedicated and very passionate about helping athletes not make the same mistakes I did when it comes to nutrition, helping to prevent those injuries, helping them come back from injury. And then I also 
kind of just working in all the different athletic departments have understood the, I guess, discrepancy of resources at the different levels. And that's kind of why I started on Instagram was to help provide support to those individuals that might not have access to the resources that we have at UCLA. Excellent. And so I, I love that. So you, you found a need, you aligned it with your passion, you're really digging into your story, and then you use that to create content. Is that right? Or am I missing anything as far as like your kind of behind the scenes of why you're doing what you're doing and how you got here? Nope. That's, yeah, that's exactly what it is. And I found that I was, you know, constantly giving the same advice at school. And I was like, other athletes are definitely, you know, in need of this advice as well. Right. And so with that being said, when you just a couple of questions about sports and your niche with sports, because I understand you have a personal relationship with sports and you're using what you saw as you could call it like the holes or the shortcomings of areas within that niche, and then you are solving them with your content. Can you walk us through a little bit when you started using Instagram? Was it always a business tool? Was it personal turned business? And a little bit about like your marketing process on Instagram um, in order to find opportunities or relate with your ideal client and evolve as a businesswoman? Yeah. So I started Instagram when I would say about three years ago when I was in my master's program. Um, I knew I wanted to do sports, but I knew eventually I would also like to do a private practice. And for about two years, I was just posting pictures of my food on Instagram. Uh And I wasn't really generating any business. I was kind of just posting pictures of my food. And then I, you know, as soon as I became a dietitian, I started, you know, really moving forward for a private practice and things like that. And I felt like I was putting a ton of time into Instagram, um, you know, posting pictures, commenting, all these things, but I didn't, I wasn't niched down and I didn't have a target audience. I wanted, you know, competitive athletes and college athletes and, you know, club athletes to benefit from my posts, but I wasn't marketing it towards them. So they didn't know it was for them. Understood. Um, And so when I, I don't know when it happened, but it happened the last year and my mindset towards Instagram just completely switched over. When I was trying to help everybody, I wasn't helping anybody because people were confused who were not athletes. They were confused on if my meals and posts were for them or, and then athletes were also confused. So I really wanted to niche down and start, you know, marketing directly towards athletes. And that's when I actually started to drum up some business. I love that. So, so now walk us through a little bit of, of how your marketing process works now, meaning a little bit behind the scenes. How often are you posting? What's the, the vague process of how you're posting. And I love that you also included the whole mindset transition because clearly when your mindset aligned and you were able to narrow down who you were marketing to, the, the rest kind of fell together as far as, you know, creating more cohesive content and, and attracting more of the people that you intended to attract. Yeah. So I think for once I started to view Instagram as a business, I started to invest in it because that meant that I was truly on board. So I invested in a coach. We worked together. I've also invested in different software. So Dubsado, ConvertKit, lead pages, Mm -hmm. things like that. And I really, you know, focused on honing in and treating this like a business. Um, One of the best things I did was get a virtual assistant. I found somebody who 
like was a virtual assistant already, but is going to go back and become a dietitian. So she's an RD to be, and she's helped me really build consistency as well as maintain a lot of the, I guess, programs that I'm using to, I guess, be consistent and to utilize Instagram to its greatest capacity. I am so impressed, not only with your ability to use an assistant, but also with the fact that, you know, you're saying you've been in the field for a year and you've done tremendous things and you're already delegating, which to me as, as a business coach is a sign that you're going to continue to blossom and bloom because you're identifying what can I get help with? How can I streamline this process? And there are tools to use in business, especially when you're gathering leads and when you're walking them through your services. And what Riley's explaining is she has, you know, a marketing plan. She has help with that and she's making everything work cohesively because she's not doing it all. So I'm so happy that you're sharing that, Riley, about the virtual assistant. Well, thank you. I've noticed in the past year, you know, being out on my own and being in the workplace that I'm more of a big picture person. Um, I'm more of like a developer. I have these big ideas and sometimes I get bogged down and I forget the little details. So, you know, having those systems in place and having that virtual assistant is just so crucial for me to be consistent and keep going. And what has been, what was a catalyst to hiring the virtual assistant? Because I feel so many people struggle with just pulling the trigger and getting that assistant on board in any capacity, whether it's small scale or even, you know, several hours or part-time or anything like that. It was actually a reflection from kind of when I was working with clients and when I was doing counseling, I would have clients and athletes that would come to me that were so close to being on the right path for fueling, or they were missing a couple of things, or they were trying so, so hard and they were spending so much time, but because they weren't, you know, consulting or using an expert that they were frustrated and they, again, spending all this time. And what I saw in them was myself with Instagram and with building a business. So I was marketing towards athletes and trying to get them to come to me as an expert. Mm -hmm. I was struggling with something, but I wasn't going to the expert. So what I noticed was, you know, if I went to a VA or if I got a coach, then I would be learning and these people could teach me or they could do tasks for me that were much, you know, they could do them much faster. Just like if an athlete came to me and I could help them, they could get to their goal much faster if that makes sense. Really powerful. And now I'm going to ask you a deeper question. What made yeah. you get to that point where you decided that you needed to turn to a virtual assistant and a coach um, just as the same way that you want you know, your athlete to come to you and get help? What was it that made you decide to get that higher level of help to complement your visionary thought process and, and style? I think I was just honestly just frustrated. Yeah. That's probably what it is. I was just frustrated and I was very, you know, passionate about my career. So I was just, was ready to take it to the next step. I was also found that I wasn't able to do a lot of the things I was passionate about and I wasn't able to work off of my strengths because I was so bogged down with other things that I could outsource to. Having that ability to reflect is, I think, that one of the best skills in business that you can actually practice because it's so easy for us to, to say those things and feel frustrated and not do anything about it. I'm very impressed with you, Riley, with your ability to, you know, do these things and get a handle and, and set yourself up years ahead, really. Um, I work with people that have been in business for 
years and years and they, they don't get a virtual assistant or they don't direct uh, somebody that's on their, on their team. And it's so important to be able to take your skills and use them and help people by not doing things that bog you down. Um, so for those of you listening, never too soon to have somebody help you out so that you can really do what you love doing and help people more, you know, more significantly. With that being said, um, with us working together, what are some of the key takeaways that you learned and um, what might you be able to, what have you improved in your process um, or what have you put in place? Yeah, definitely. And like I just talked about, you know, the virtual assistant and, you know, delegating was definitely a main takeaway. I also remember when we first started working together, I came to you with some goals and some other things that I was hoping to hit. And what I didn't realize was there was going to be other things that were not basically like vanity metrics that were not really measurable that I was not expecting to get out of working with you. So to make that a little bit more clear, Mm -hmm. um, basically, I guess you can't really quantify the, the ease for now for me to, like, I guess the system in which I make a post, for example. So I'm spending a lot less time on coming up with content because I kind of have a system down and that's the system that you helped me develop. So now I have more time in the evenings. I have more time to spend with my husband. I have more time to spend with my friends. And that's not necessarily something I came in to working with you for. Um, I came to you to hit certain vanity markers. And I found that that's not actually what I was looking for. So I was you know, looking for, you know, being less frustrated, looking for more time. I also started to actually help my ideal client um, and getting Instagram I can take, like, I can tell you this firsthand, it can get very, very frustrating, but, you know, getting the DMs from people who are telling you that you're helping them or that you're a great resource, or they're finally, you know, you, they're finally not afraid of carbohydrates and they're utilizing fuel as food. Um, I don't think that's something I thought I would want when I started working with you, but that those three things have just been so powerful. Uh, I, and I, I appreciate that reflection. Um, so I would view that as like the systems that you have in place to achieve the results uh, that, that you expect um, because the backend systems such as processes in place are definitely not as attractive and they don't market as well as the outcome. But the reality is, you know, to create a repeatable process that you can then delegate um, and, and consistently carry over in your business is, is really uh, significant. So thank you for sharing that. Tell us more, uh, you know, outside of, I know we've talked quite a bit about delegation today. Are there, you know, any other skills that you feel you'd like to share with the audience to help them, whether they're dietitians who are um, new or they're dietitians who are students, or there wouldn't be dietitians yet. So dietitians to be or students, um, whether they haven't started social or they have, and they feel like they've just hit a wall and, you know, they're struggling. What would you say to them? Yeah, when it pertains to social, I think, I mean, niching down is extremely important. And that's something I wish I had done earlier. Mm-hmm. I also think it's really important to, especially if you're getting frustrated with Instagram, to remind yourself that Instagram isn't the only thing out there for your career. You know, networking with dietitians, you know, meeting them th- through Instagram um, is going to be super powerful. And then also making those connections in real life that will also help you grow through social. Um, 
we can get pretty caught up in numbers and vanity markers on social and we can kind of get caught up in I guess looking for clients and developing those online connections but I think it is really really important that we do not forget about like in-person connections networking going to conferences volunteering reaching out to people having you know coffee having lunch um that in-person connection is really really valuable um and I think that goes hand in hand with social powerful and I agree <laughs> it's easy to forget sometimes when we get so enveloped in this world of of online and yeah that that personal connection you know is definitely something to incorporate whether you're setting quarterly goals or annual goals or maybe even you know some kind of a monthly goal I think that's that's a great reminder so what can we expect for you Riley in the future I know this has been a big year for you you got married you secured an amazing job uh, you've got systems and processes in place for your practice what can we expect from you in the future yeah. So goal for 2020 is um, an online course. Nice. So that's kind of what, you know, in, is in store for 2020. Again, I've only been a dietitian for a year. So, you know, just continuing to figure out, you know, my passion, my systems, my business, you know, where I want to go in the future. Um, so figuring everything out and then mm-hmm. been working pretty hard. So hopefully, you know, also enjoy a little bit of like social time. So that's absolutely. Yeah, so making sure that there are those boundaries, right? So that you're not uh, too skewed on one side. Is, is that is that right? Yeah, that's, yeah. I'm trying to have more of a work-life balance, you know. Oh, I hear you. That's so always, always tough, especially when you get so passionate like yourself and you, you know, want to get out there and, and make an impact and connect, but then you also have to take it back and, and spend time with your, you know, your family too. Yeah, definitely. Um, as dietitians, we all, you know, love our jobs and, you know, there's so much fun that sometimes they don't feel like work, but sometimes they have to step away. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really powerful. Is there anything else that you want to leave us with or share with us, Riley, whether it's about you, your trajectory or anything else that you think would be helpful for the listeners or that we should know about you? Um, I just want to reiterate again, the networking. And if anybody, you know, is a dietitian who's interested in getting into sports or anybody who's a student or an RD to be who's out there who has questions about sports nutrition, wants to hear more about my story to definitely reach out. Um, I know it can sometimes be intimidating when you're a student, but I'm here to help and support each and every one of the students or anybody who reaches out. Excellent. And I, and I appreciate that. And for, for those of you listening, make sure to take advantage of that. Check out Riley on social, send her a message, follow her, and then mention us in your story so we know that you listened to this episode and you took something away from it. Um, hopefully you're feeling as inspired as I am from Riley's story. Thank you for joining today's episode. If you'd love to learn more about how to get leads online, and turn prospective customers into clients. Apply for my coaching. I still have a wait list. Go ahead and visit LibbyRothschild.com. That's www.LibbyRothschild.com. Go under signature service and apply for my wait list.